Hello, hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Covered It, a podcast brought to you by the boys from Quack Golf. Um, you've heard of the two-headed calf. Well, this is more like the two-headed giraffe of a podcast. Um, we will slowly meander our way through some golf topics, some other topics, any topics. Um, and in general, we will just ha- take a a relaxed view on the wonderful world of golf. Um, as always, this podcast is sponsored by none other than lionslinks.com. Um, so if you're looking for a golf trip, make sure you get onto Lions Links to do that. Um, I am joined today only by one, uh, Mr. Benji, me old flower. How are we doing? It's good to see you. Any crack for me today? Um, Very good to be here, Shani. Feels, feels like we haven't done this. Every time we have a podcast, I feel like I say it feels like we haven't done this in a while. But legitimately, it feels <laughs> like we haven't done this in a while. Um, yeah, no, not much crack. Getting ready for a weekend, a bit of golf, a bit of golf, nice. bit of darts, a bit of pool. So looking forward to that down in Dingle. Um, nice. But yeah, that's it. How, how have you been? I've been grand. Yeah, I've been grand. Yeah. So listen, we haven't, every couple of weeks, we'll try and get uh, one of these plugged out pods in but we're trying to keep up the the plugged in series with mark fox so if you're into your serious betting folks and uh and your professional golf make sure you tune into that 15 minutes every week with mark fox um but yeah uh i'm fine ben i have a bone to pick with you um i didn't know that when i swapped golf clubs with you that your seven iron apparently is not receptive to getting absolutely truncated off uh a, a tree trunk um i absolutely lashed it into a tree and it snapped in half did you did you lash backwards into a tree or lash on the way through i actually had to ask my um my uncle-in-law's brother um what happened after it happened because basically it was like one of those ones where it was kind of underneath a tree and there was a sort of a overhanging branch in my backswing, and then the sort of trunk of the tree was in front of me. Um, and you know where you kind of practice it about ten times, and you feel like you're nowhere near yeah. X branch or Y branch. But then when you actually go to do it, you just you just it's no nothing like your actual swing. So yeah. I think what happened was it it sort of clipped a branch in my backswing, threw me off kilter, and then when that happened, I went straight shaft first into the into the trunk on my left and uh yeah it's the first time i've ever broken any golf club so i was i was a bit a little bit disappointed but and shout out to drive golf performance in cork i i texted him and uh he uh had my your golf shaft in stock so he's posting it up to me today so awesome. yeah have you ever broken a golf club in anger i haven't actually yeah i've been good that way have you i have and I was I was going to ask you if because you've obviously done both now. Do you, does you feel better or worse having broke by accident or in anger? Like when you break it in anger, I, yeah. you just feel so stupid because you're like, that is the biggest waste of 150 quid, however much a new club is going to cost you. Yeah. What like I got no benefit out of snapping my club, but in that moment I just had to do it. I was going to say I'd say if you if you if you snap a club in anger, I'd say you feel so small after it because it's just not worth it. My worst one ever was when I was probably 17 or 18 playing a bit of golf with dad and I had chunked a chip on the side of the green. I threw my wedge at my golf bag, got my putter out, was fine. Walked to the next hole, 
pulled out my driver and half the shaft came out only to realize that when I threw my wedge, it snapped my driver and my three wooden half. On the and, inside of the bag. Yeah, inside of the bag. I didn't notice until I got to the next tee box. And yeah, I felt like I felt like a real idiot having hit four yeah. iron off the tee all day and then go buy two new clubs. I remember you telling me this story and I remember thinking it was ama- like mad that you managed to throw a club at a bag and break a club that was inside the bag. Um, because my... So like whenever I'm going on golf holidays, right, I, the, the ironic thing about it was that I was terrified... Um, getting on the flight and getting off the flight at breaking golf clubs yeah. with Ryanair, and then it happens that I just break, I broke a golf club myself. Um, but like I'd be neurotic when I'm packing golf clubs. Um, you should have seen me this year. Like I bought this thing called a stiff arm, so it's like a a metal rod with like a mushroom top on the cap oh, on the yeah. top that goes just above the height of your driver. But I also obviously took all of the head off this year on all my woods and driver and packed them in but like my uh my old man said no don't worry about it i've got it all sorted you don't have to take any heads off any drivers or anything like that all you do is you just turn it around and you stick the the head down into the bag and the shaft comes up the other way but like i kind of think like like it literally needs to be in a steel box for it to be for a yeah. golf club to be really protected because i just think they're so fragile like turning the shaft taking the the wood head off the shaft turning it around and putting the shaft down inside the golf club i don't feel like you're gaining anything there no you know i just think you can get lucky or unlucky you need to just Um, invest early in a coffin and then use it for all of your golf travel until (laughs) eventually you then use it as a coffin how Um, how, well anyway i definitely sorry go ahead go on I know. I was just going to say, how was golf in the Tenerife? I was very jealous. Bit of winter sun. I was. It was. It was beautiful. It was lovely. Um, try and try and um save up to go out there with my old man every year. Uh, we know the courses out there now. Um, funnily enough, the most expensive course we played was actually the worst course. Um, yeah. it's a place called Abama, and uh, it's it is in fairness, it's on the side of a cliff, but. The greens there are just these stupid, ridiculous greens, like kind of Augusta, like where there's just slopes everywhere, like really fast and just kind of silly golf. So didn't enjoy that. And actually, one of the best courses we played out there was the was the least expensive out by the airport, a place called Golf Del Sur. Um, it was in lovely Nick. But um, yeah, no, it was a great holiday. And I was just thinking, Ben, I made a note that basically on a golf holiday with the lads, do you know what's one of the most important things you need is a good breakfast in the hotel if you can get yeah. a good breakfast in in the hotel you're off and running you're off to the course um and uh every morning ben i had a langer coffee do you know what they are i don't what's the langer coffee well apart from being coffee for cork people the coffee for <laughs> langers um i thought it was funny all week but then i actually figured out towards the end of the end of the week that it was um i was just using the coffee machine in german and it was actually just a long coffee um <laughs> So yeah. here you were playing better golf, thinking it was down to the coffee. <laughs> yeah, it was all those Langer coffees for Cork people, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm back now, playing a bit of golf. Um, I actually been before we get into it. Um, I have a mad story that I want to tell you. I was having a pint with my brother-in-law's friend, which I can't remember his name, but 
I suppose okay. he'd probably prefer to remain private, but let's just call him Michael, right? I was having a pint with a fella called Michael. And he said that he was at a wedding in a dare recently, right? Mm. Um, still haven't played a dare. Um, would love to, hopefully this year. But um, so he was saying that he was at a wedding in a dare and he spilt a, uh, a pint on his white shirt, lovely white shirt for the wedding. And apparently in a dare, you can go up to your room, ring reception, and just tell tell them your shirt size, your chest size, whatever. No. And they'll drop up a, a, a brand new Hugo Boss white shirt free of charge for the wedding so you can go back down the stairs. No way. Right? Unbelievable kind of service there, right? So yeah. if you're if you're thinking about saving saving up to play a bit of golf, you might as well stay there as well. But anyway, the more interesting than that, right? Also, the next morning, you've had a few pints. You want to get outside, free the head. Maybe you want to go for a run. Maybe you want to go for a jog. You can ring reception and they'll send a fellow up to you who will go for a jog with you at the pace. He'll be a pace setter. Like You can basically ring for a pace setter. Do, I'm not sure. Do they have any pace these, setters that go slow enough up. for me? <laughs> <laughs> anything you like, Ben. Anything you I'm, want. I'm looking for an but, eight yeah. and a half minute kilometer, please. <laughs> No one like no wonder they charge so much for the green fees. They've got wow. pace setters at the course. Wow, that's yeah. a touch of class. I wonder that... if you were there as a one ball. Let's say you let's say you were there with the missus and it was just yourself. I wonder could you ring up and ask to play golf with a scratch golfer or play golf with a ten handicap golfer, just to make it, yourself feel. It kind of sounds like you know when you hear American fast food chains have like secret menus. It's like a dare has all these secret services that you never, you don't find out about until yes. you somehow ask, like, oh, I happened to spill something on my shirt. Oh, sir, right away, we'll send up a new white one. So, yeah, there there must be other things on yes. that list that we just don't know about. We, we need to get um, some listener interaction from a, from an employee of Adair to tell us what's on that list. Adair, yeah. I I did, it did prompt me, I had, I, I mentioned this to, um, to dad and he said that he played it recently he said he didn't think much of the actual if you just look at the actual course of a dare you just as a golf course he said he didn't think much of it. what do you think like i have heard i have heard that from a few people i i don't know i played it before it had been renovated and i thought it was pretty nice course didn't really stand out but like had a couple of really nice holes and then they did the renovations and they basically kept the course the same way it was and just enhanced it and now it's like obviously one of the most pristine courses in the world but uh oh no, yeah like on condition wise 100 it's probably yeah. the best you could ever find in the world but just talking i think yeah, the ex- it's the exact same as the old head if you if you if the old head wasn't on ra- raised up and had this spectacular vista all around the course itself true. isn't that isn't actually spectacular true true fair enough fair enough um so getting into the shout outs, um first shout out is to well actually my only shout out is to all of the all of the lads and lassies that are sending in their swing videos into the quack Instagram and TikTok for us to review. Massive thanks because it's a, it's some crack <laughs> reviewing some of these swings. Um, and fair play to you for swing, sending swing videos in because I wouldn't do it myself. But um, yeah, if you're up for two langers um, drinking langer coffees to to review your swing and put it all over um, social media, then please send it in. It's a bit of crack. It is good, but we 
I've sent you about six swings just before we started recording this, so it's starting to get out of hand a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's about a crack. Any shout-outs, Ben? Um, just, as I said, I'm heading down to Dingle this weekend. There's a 60th that is taking place. Um, it's 16 young guns versus 16 old lads, and uh, it's two days of golf. Um, two rounds of darts and some pool, all played in a Ryder Cup format. So just a big wow. shout, out, shout out to the uh, Team Young Guns, which is the WhatsApp group that I'm in. Um, myself and Ross Bateman will be partnering up in the golf, which could be entertaining. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a good weekend. It's like... 32 it's a... fellas down for golf, yeah. darts and pool. Yeah, so it's Steve, Steve Crosby's uh, dad's 60th. And it's a bit like, you know, sometimes uh, couples renew their vows and they get remarried. This is like Paul is having a re-stag. Like, this is this is outrageous for a 60th, but I'm looking forward to it. That's brilliant. I love that. I actually got a last-minute um, call-up to it, but couldn't make it from from Steve last week. So I'd say I'll be jealous. I'd say there'll be a lash of points down there. Yeah, yeah. Be good. I haven't, uh, we're playing uh, Count Chabelle now. So it's a, that's one of... My, I actually made a, a list of re- uh, resolutions for the year and it was to play X amount of new courses. So I'm going to be taking one off Count Chabelle. Yeah. So when people say they're going playing Dingle, do they, do they mean Count Chabelle? Yeah. Is that the, yeah. Okay. I think that's the only course down there. Um, okay. Jenny, um, I've got a couple. Do you want a few more shout outs? I just have a shout out to just a, kind of a, a, fa- a covered at Fantasy Premier League check in. Um, a shout out that, or a call that, out. Is that still going call on? Call out to Mr. Ono Manny, who's overtaken my top spot, and also Mr. Stephen O'Donoghue. Um, Mr. Ono Manny is on 1,513 points with no longer Omane. Um, so, yeah, he's taken top spot. So, um, Stephen O'Donoghue is second, and we have Jeff Sheehan and Gary Conroy in fourth and fifth. So, well done to all of you. Ooh. We see, I scroll down to see who's last. I don't know, I'm sitting James with... McCarthy, the clueless scout, is dead last. Um, so yeah, thank you, James, for participating. Um, we should actually, didn't you say to me before that there's like an anti-FPL? We should get the, the kind of bottom 10 lads there to fight it out to see who can really finish last. Yeah, and anti-FPL is good. I, I think I enjoy that more. Anyway. Um, Shani, any Valentine's plans? Um, I think that we may go for an old glass of vino or an old pint. Cake drinks Guinness now, actually, so we might go for a couple of hard pints. Two pints of Guinness. And did you have yeah. a good pancake day? We forgot about pancake day last night, actually. Late last night. Um, but um, I bought her a, some flowers and a bar of chocolate there last night. So I got it in early. Jeez. Did the job. Yeah, um, yeah that's basically what about, what about yourself, Ben? What about yourself? Uh, I'm actually going to play a bit of couples tennis. Oh, very nice. Yeah, a little bit different this year. A singles match? Uh, no, it's actually like you go play social tennis, like you play in a big group and you move around. It's oh, like two two right. hours of tennis. So yeah, swingers I'm, tennis. I've got big into <laughs> big into tennis. Tennis seasons here. Um, um, funnily enough, speaking about golf and Valentine's Day, I thought it was very cheeky, but also made me laugh. Um, do you know Golf Bitter? Yeah. Um, the the UK second hand club business. 
they sent out an email this morning saying that they have a Valentine's Day sale. Um, which I thought was like, buy yourself a new driver or your girlfriend. <laughs> That's for all the singles um, out there. Yeah. So, so there you go. Shani, um, just, just before we get into like the meaty topics of actual golf, um, I wrote this mm. down a, a few weeks ago, hoping to go through it. And you as a aspiring scratch golfer, you're, you're now ramping up the amount of golf that you play in anticipation for the season kicking off. We've just come back from a week of kind of winter sun, a bit of training. I was wondering, could you take us through your kind of like a weekly routine? How much golf are you actually getting in? Do you have kind of a set routine for the week? And like, this is actually quite a serious question in terms of rather than taking the piss, but as someone who's mm. actually trying to get to scratch, do you yeah. have a plan set out for that? If that makes sense. Because I'm sure a lot of people want to get better, but don't have, never really create a plan to actually do that. And I think you may, might have. Sorry, I just had to let the plumber in there. You absolutely threw this on me. Um, <laughs> but you were asking me about about golf. Um, yeah, so listen, right? Um, life's too short not to not to dream, I, I feel. So I feel like this is my year. Um, got down to one last year. Um, currently sitting at two. And I'd love to crack on and see if I can get to scratch or better. Um but what are you, you're asking me generally, like, what what's my kind of plan week to week and that kind of stuff? Yeah, like, I think you are good at, like, setting out a training plan and Structure. sticking to it. Whereas I think a lot of guys say, oh, look, I want to get better at golf. They go to the range once a week. They play on a Saturday and that's kind of it. But have you, yeah, yeah. clearly you've improved. Like, you only really took up golf seriously in 2019. Is that right? COVID, 20, uh, April 2020. So in four years, you've you've pretty much got to scratch golf. And I think you've done that in like, you're very diligent in your practice. So I think if you give people a bit of inspiration almost to what you do, it might, I think that could be beneficial. Um, it's actually really funny that you mentioned it because I, I basically never had, I didn't have any plan last year, but this year working with Owen Gibbons, um, now I'm actually back in with him tomorrow night and we haven't actually made this plan yet. But I sent him a sort of a draft and uh, it's based off kind of a, a really cool idea that he um, he kind of mentioned to me. So he's working with like um, like a lot of younger golfers that want to be a professional. And if ever he gets a young golfer that wants to be a professional, he plays a game with them or he tells them to go away and play a game where um, they have to put like they have to put 100 euro of their own money into a Revolut fault. And basically then they set out like um, uh, brackets. So basically every time they play golf, they have to put five euro into that revolute fault. And in order to get money back out of it, let's say it's your home course is 72. So that young golfer would have to shoot 68. So four better. So basically a birdie on a par, every par five is, is what the thinking is. Yeah. So you have to shoot 68 to get 20 back. That's the winning the tournament score, we'll say. They have to shoot 71 to 73, I think they said it was, to make the cut. And then um, I think he said like, say, 74 or whatever it was, say six back from the winning score was making the cut where you just basically get your fiver back yeah um i probably just i probably explained that horrendously but basically he says to a young pro 
how quickly can you get your 100 euro out of your Revolut vault back? And he said he's had he's had a few young lads that basically six months down the line, they're actually up to like four or 500 in the Revolut vault and they can't get it out. So then they kind of say, do you know what? Maybe pro isn't for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, but basically, long story short, I designed my plan around that so that I've made a sort of a plan to try and commit to, say, a couple of two or three gym sessions a week one range session with a bit of video two rounds of golf a week i've thrown in a bit of meditation in there headspace Ooh. try and do a bit of that try and work on the old mental side of it as well um and then say one or two speed sessions a week we haven't actually made the plan yet but say like yeah. if you schedule it all out monday to sunday and if you write down what you actually plan on doing and the reason why i told you the story about the young professional trying to get 20 quid out of the revolute fault was that I'm going to try and do it where I put 100 euro of my own money into Revolut Vault. And let's say I have 10 things written down on the plan. If I do all 10 things, that's a golden week and I get 20 back. Yeah. If I do eight things, I get my fiver back. And if I only do three or four things that I said I was going to do, then I lose my fiver every week and I don't deserve to yeah. get to scratch. But that's my goal this year is to basically come off the course and not have any excuses not be blaming the weather or my seven iron or or this or that or whatever, just blame myself. And if I don't get to scratch, then at least I tried. Yeah, no, that's good. I just think you, you like, it's interesting to hear what your kind of week looks like in terms of an actually breaking that down. Because like I said, I, I think a lot of people just say, oh, look, I'm going to get better this year. And they start going to the range and you hit, yeah. like, there's no, there's no value in hitting a bucket of balls if you've got no aim to it. Like, you need to yeah, be working on something. Do you? I think if anyone is out there that's listening, that's like say, hovering around eight, nine, ten, seven, eight, nine, ten, and would like to play better golf. Um, like first of all, just get with a coach. Just get with one coach, and um, try and make sure he that that coach is not, as we say, Ben, not a yes man, not yeah. just a guy that's going to go in there and feed your ego and tell you you're brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's okay to have a coach who's a bit harsh. Um, so yeah, you got to get a coach. And like it's worth it because it's it's fun playing better golf. Um, and then the other thing is, um, there's nothing worse than playing golf when you feel sore, or injured, or, or just not able to hit the ball yeah. far or, or be athletically fit. So I feel like getting yourself fit and getting in the gym is definitely crucial as well. Um, just on the mental bit, like, is the headspace stuff golf specific or not? Like... No, like I just have the headspace app for free from vhi and i've tried to get into it um but to be i'll be honest i haven't really gotten into it that much at all yet but like i definitely feel like i'd love to just be able to be on a heater like you're four like i was i was 400 through six last summer and i absolutely just shat yeah. the bed and it'd be nice to just like stay calm and just like basically put keep um the like keep pressing forward in that situation rather than like you feeling that like do you know that feeling feeling sure. that nerves where you just feel like you're not present at all and you're just you're just wafting it so yeah that'd be nice this year that's interesting sorry i just i know i caught you a bit off guard with that but i think that's useful i like me having not played a lot of golf in the last year 18 months i when I think of when you were telling me the story about how you played this morning and then you lost four shots in three holes, having been on a really good score, 
Mm. I, I get rage on the golf course. And, but when I'm, I'm very detached from golf at the moment because I'm not playing at all. And I feel like, I say, I think to myself, next time I'm on the golf course and I'm playing badly, I'm just not going to think about the bad shot. And I'm just going to take every shot as it is. But that's so hard yeah. to actually do when, it, when you put yourself in that situation. Do you know what it is? It's like, I was actually thinking about it this morning. So I was having a good round and then I had a lot, we had a lot, had a lost ball and a par five. Um, so we ended up scratching it. And I was so kind of angry at that. I took it into the next hole, bogeyed that, and I bogeyed the next. And I couldn't help but think of like the weight of momentum in golf is just so massive. Like when you're on the bogey train, we'll call it, it feels so hard to get yourself off it, even though like, one one hole has absolutely no influence on the next hole, but you yeah. still feel this sort of weight of momentum, and that's something I'd love to just get rid of. Yeah, best tip I ever got was um just trying to go out and birdie every single hole, um because I just feel if you're playing aggressive, it's it's the I way know, to go. But, but it's so much easier said than done, isn't it? Because the, I like I don't even what is momentum like it's, no, it's I know. Just, when you're on the par train when you're you know it's just it's so hard to get off these trains. I know, but when you say go out and try and birdie everything and then you watch some teacher give you advice on TikTok and they say just hit it in the middle of the green, two put and take your par. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. eventually birdies will fall. And then I'm like, okay, well, now I'm completely confused. Do I fire at the pins or do I hit into the middle of the green? I know. And um, it's funny you say that as well. I was only telling um, my dad that. Um, so he was he was playing at a hole and the, the pin was on the left and it was like a bunker on the left and it was like, Fucking everything. It was just basically do not miss left. And he yeah. missed left. And it was like everything was lovely over on the right. And I was just like, all we do as amateurs is miss short sides, short side ourselves. And also a big one is when the pin is on the front. We always go from a nine iron down to a wedge because the pin's on the front. And we want to, you know, we want to land. Just yeah. like play it, like just keep your nine iron in your hand if that's the case, and just put it in the middle of the green and put back towards the pin. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That happened. Apparently, the statistics on front pins are absolutely um, astounding. Yeah. Anyway, that was a nice serious yeah. chat there, wasn't it? Oh, should man. we should we talk about stuff going on in the professional game? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk some rubbish. Um. Phoenix, of, my favourite of, event. Speaking of rubbish, the waste management. <laughs> what a segue. The waste um, management. Did you did you manage to catch a bit of it out in Tenerife? Not none of it all. Um, just kind of saw a few, few clips on Twitter, and I watched a bit of highlights and stuff. Um, so it's a shame because I I love it. I actually love it. And um, heard you yesterday on the plugged in podcast. Um, like. Those players like like Zach Johnson and um, Billy Ho's giving out and stuff. It's like I I I appreciate it's your job. I like I, I'm not like I appreciate that you're you you have you're there to pay the bills and make money. Blah blah blah. But like there's plenty of golf events around the world that week or the week before or the week after. You do not have to go if you're not up for yeah. it. Like you saw Minwoo Lee was got involved with it. Um. Like I'm not gonna sit here and stand and like say, oh, it's brilliant that everyone's getting wasted, drunk, and there's issues with beer and fights and all that kind of stuff. Like, look, listen, I think that's for another day, and like, pay some secure, more security guards or something, but yeah. and sort it out. But like, you'll find, but like, it's definitely something a bit different to the norm. It's uh, 
like the, the stadium hole is just I would just love to be if I had if I was a professional golfer and I had an option to play inside a stadium hole like that. Yeah. Um I just think it's amazing. Like I love the guys was it Doug Gim was giving it socks when he made a birdie um and really like getting involved with it. Whereas like did you see Mr. Harmless? Scotty Scheffler like he stitches it to an inch, but he looks like he's yeah, looks he's, like he's depressed, and it's like, come on, would you just smile or something? Like you're I mean, either you're either a play, player who gets into it and gets the crowd behind you, or you're too in the zone and you're you're too concentrated on the golf. And I think like ninety nine percent of golf tournaments, you need to be locked in and concentrated. But this event, you need to feed into the crowd because I think that will affect your golf in the long run. Like if Zach Johnson yeah. had just like not reacted to the crowd like as soon as as soon as you react you're just bait and then you're done like that's it and and yeah. the, the crowd yeah, yeah. there turns on you look i don't think zach johnson would be um a crack merchant but yeah uh, true and i'd appreciate i appreciate as well he probably was getting some sort of i'd say there were some smarmy comments at him for the, the for the Ryder cup but listen i think he's just gonna have to live with that from now, from now on yeah um but, but uh that's i mean that's why I picked Sahith Tagala. Like genuinely, I was just like, he's a guy who's gonna relish it and yeah. uh, play with it. And there's some it's sink or swim. I feel in that environment. Like, yeah. Um, did you watch much yourself? It's it's, it's such a good event, isn't it? Yeah, as I said to Mark yesterday, it's one of the few events outside the majors that I will go out of my way to turn on. Like, watch quite a bit of it on Sunday, which is kind of interesting because I'm obviously a big golf nerd and I love watching golf. And I think this speaks for the where golf is as a whole. That like, actually, I don't really care for majority of the events that are on. And like, th- th- this is segueing into something completely different. But obviously, there's this big talk about having enough money in golf and having sponsors and all that sort of stuff. And like, really, the the whole PJ Tour is getting spread too thin, and they need to concentrate on. I think I think I'm in the majority of people who want to watch four majors plus maybe Pebble, maybe Waste Management, and then a couple of like players. Scottish Open players, that sort of stuff. And like, yeah, they're trying to support too many events. And anyway, yeah, like I said, I I this is the one event that I do like to watch. I think the finishing holes are really good. Yeah, um, sixteen, yeah. seventeen, eighteen, fifteen as well. Being a par five, it always it always comes back to a good finish and I think that's down to the, it's so important that the course uh, course plays so much into it yeah yeah absolutely Um, like I think there's space for another like type event like this as well just um, like, we need I think if, if yeah I think if you're a PGA Tour event that maybe you've had an event for years and years and years and maybe you're losing numbers because um, mm. you know the way they're always at the same stops the whole way along like yeah like just build build a stadium hole and like it's it's just amazing. I love like it. that. Surely the has the Irish Open written all over it. Yeah, get a, let's get a stadium hole in the K Club. Or I wonder where we could have one. Like um, any anywhere, you can build a stadium I, into any course. I but it has to be. It probably has to be a par three. Yeah, yeah. So no, hundred percent. You need a par three on sixteen or seventeen. What's the what are the finishing holes in the K Club again? You've got the uh, par five. It's par five, par four, par five. Yeah, the, yeah. You could do you could do um, like the par three down in the corner. You kind of want it to be towards yeah. the end though. Is there a par three on the back of nine in Mount Juliet? 
would work. That would be you know, the 12th or the 11th in Mount Juliet. Yeah. You that would know be what? cool. Yeah. Oh, that would be glorious. Yeah. But so, yeah, another yeah. another event needs to lean into this. And we need it on the, like a European side. I think the, like they showed that it worked down in Adelaide for the, the live event. Bring one into yeah. Europe somewhere. We love having pints. Yeah, exactly. Do you know where we should do it? Royal Ring and Anne. Yeah, every hole there, make it into a stadium. <laughs> um, speaking so, of, uh, yeah, what was going on elsewhere in the golf world? Well, speaking of Liv, did you, you? I presume you didn't watch any of that. I've never Dust, watched Liv. Dustin Johnson won. Yeah, I actually don't know where to watch Liv. Dustin Johnson won. Um, that's about all I can say. I really, I, I said this to Mark yesterday. I really dislike the shotgun start because the point I just made about the last four holes in the waste management always create drama coming down the stretch. When you have a shotgun yeah. start, you just don't get that because guys are finishing on the third hole who might be in contention. And like, that's just. Are they still doing shotgun starts over there and live? For fuck's sake. And it's so simple. Like, it's nonsense. Do the shotgun start for uh, the first two days and then let them play course the right way around for the rest of it but i just think it's yeah i don't know they're unwilling to to change i believe the entertainment value of is better i believe the entertainment value of live this year is a little bit better is it as a package what you mean as a spectator yeah i hear it's like digestible this year is it well i think they've got a few more good players and i think it's like they've they've worked through some of their teething problems, but like I still I still dislike the team stuff. I watched a video from Legion thirteen of Caleb's Caleb Surratt talking about how they won their they won the first one in Mexico and like he's like, Yeah man, we just uh we had a little chat beforehand and we just said we're all gonna go out and try and make as many birdies as possible. Like as if as if that's not what they would have done if they weren't in a team. And I just think that's yeah. it's such a forced agenda. <laughs> Give it a break. Yeah. Um, how are the quack go- how are the quack boys getting on? Good, yeah. Um, Robin had a top five finish last week. Um, on the challenge tour, the Baines Whiskey Open. Um, he was very much in with a chance, and then on eighteen, he just caught the lip of a bunker, and so he, I think he powered that and ended up finishing two shots behind. But he's around, and then he's on. They're they're in action again this week. Um, the Didata. Pro-Am is on down in George in uh, South Africa. So Gradecki, Robin and Ronan Malarney all in the field for that. So on the lads. Uh, yeah. Hoping for hoping for a bit of bit of quack representation. Sorry. Is that is that the challenge tour or the DP world? That's challenge tour. There's no DP on this week. There's a week oh, off, okay. so it's okay. uh next they're in Kenya for the Kenya Open next week. That's the next DP event. Okay. Um come on, Ronan Malarney anyway. Um, yeah. So he's is he challenged her this year? Full he's playing. Status? He's playing no. full challenge her. He's out tomorrow alongside uh, Mark Power. So hopefully, the two Irish boys go low together. That's it's a good pro, job. It's a pro am event. I played across three courses, but they're the core the uh, the estate it's on is called Fan Court, and apparently it's just unbelievable. Really? Like it's the is, second. Is that the place where I saw drafts on the fairway there and some. No. I don't think so. That was, I think that was on the ladies. Last week, was it? Yeah, yeah. But apparently the, the setup there is unbelievable. So that'll be good. Um, thoughts on Tiger being back? Uh, cannot, yeah, cannot wait for 
first of all, I love Riviera. I love watching it. Um, and yeah, love watching Tiger. So can't wait for that. Um, I I kind of don't really care about his Sunday Red thing. Like, like I I think people are making such a big deal of it. Like, Patrick Harrington is a golf friend. Do you know what I mean? Like. And you'd see it here, there, everywhere. Like you said, Greg Norman has one. Yeah, It's just going to be an old rag on a shelf somewhere and we'll all forget about it next week. Like, who cares? Like, I like don't, fair play to your grand, but like... I don't think it's going to be a rag. Like, I think it's going to be hella expensive. And... Two seconds. Two seconds. Um, what were we yeah. talking about before your plumber? Like... I couldn't. Um, yeah, shout out so, Adam Carney, plumber, did the job there. Um, uh, I think we were, yeah, talking, were about we talking about Tiger's brand, Sunday Red. Um, yes. As I was <clears throat> kind of saying to Mark, and and I retweeted something on the Quack Twitter. Like I, I, I just wonder: Do marketeers believe the shit that they come out with? Like I know, the fact yeah, that Tiger always does things in threes and blah blah. blah. Like you could have, you could have easily just said, "Look, Tiger is one of the greatest golfers ever, and he wants to create a brand, and he always wore red on Sunday." So this is the story behind it. Um, yeah, like there, there doesn't always have to be like a story behind yeah, it. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't come from a, I was more sciencey and stuff in college, and I didn't do any businessy sort of marketing thing. But like, yeah, you're, I, I completely get where you're coming from. You don't always need to sell us this bullshit, like. Um, yeah. Like you could just say he's left Nike, so he needs some some clothes to wear. So here you go. Yeah, I do, and I also just think yeah. the stuff, the clothes looked relatively nice, but like the amount of money that Tiger has, the amount of money that Taylor made have, I would have thought they would have come out with stuff, and people would have been blown away by it. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. It'd be, I'll be interested to see who his first player will be. I'm sure he'll have someone else wearing it along with him. Um, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, and like he's got such pulling power, like that'd be it'll be interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Now that sort of changes things. Um, hopefully he doesn't take Gradecki and and no, yeah, I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> um, I was looking at the the Sunday Red Twitter account, and yeah. someone noticed that it had been active since January 2010. So they had obviously bought oh. the someone had the username, so they bought it off someone. And somehow they were able to look back and see some previous tweets that the account was sending. So the wow. so the the account at Sunday Red it was owned by a guy called Zach Tyler, who was just a complete Tiger fanboy. So since since 2010, he was basically just tweeting Tiger saying, "Oh Tiger, best of luck, Tiger, happy birthday, <laughs> Tiger, like come have a look at my." Uh, here I sent you some photos like what do you think about this and obviously Tiger never replied and then there was a I came across a very funny one where he he responded to a girl in a bikini being like you look great can you follow me back so <laughs> I just thought that was so funny like Tiger the, one of the wealthiest athletes in the world and they've bought the username off some guy and they haven't scrubbed it properly um, and now he's made he's made bank now I wonder so. I wonder how much Zach Tyler made out of selling the 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 at to them the handle to them but yeah that was interesting <laughs> um Ben I'm just going through the WhatsApp group here and I've noticed that you've forgot one big important shout out oh big shout out to Tony Desmond to Mr Tony Desmond Mr Explain. Tony Mr Tony Desmond is a member of the Clipperton Golf Society myself and Scott and Will have played a lot of golf with him 
Um, he must have been. He said he was catching up on the Covered It podcast recently. He heard that Shani and I had swapped clubs, um, and Shani didn't have a four iron. So Tony Desmond texts my mother to say, thinking it was me. I think saying, "Hi Ben, I've got a spare. Uh, what what clubs do you have again? What clubs do I have?" T one hundred four iron is he what said, you're looking for. He said he has a spare T one hundred four iron that he doesn't use. So big shout out to Tony Desmond. We'll do some sort of barter. We'll get you get you a bit of gear in exchange for the four iron, Shani. That's you. That's exactly what you needed. This well, this is why we do the podcast to get free four irons whenever we need them. Um, and uh, we also forgot to mention that we're a year into doing the the podcast this week. Yeah, that's why. I'll I'll clip this into uh, our Instagram clip, but that's why I've chosen this as my background. The man, who, <laughs> it's the man who thought a meteorite had hit Port Marnock Beach. Um, um, but yeah, a year into it, it's been uh, a wild time, uh, a load of crack, um, an absolute disaster, and um, the best time of our lives at the same time. It really ebbs and flows with our energy. On how yeah, it's all about energy. Sometimes we get three pods a week. Sometimes we get one a month. But that's exact. That's what. Um, that's what sponsors are looking for. Consistency. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> and sure, I was in uh, the Dubliner pub in in Tenerife, Americas, and some lad came up to you with quack hat and quack uh, quack polo on, and I'd say he'd had a few, fair few points at this stage anyway. But uh, he um, he was a listener to the pod and almost poured his point over me. But uh, yeah. Um, I uh, that was did nice you, to see. So did some you get people his, do listen to the podcast. Did you get his name for a shout out? I didn't. I didn't. I t- no. I don't think he was in capacity to be giving me anything like that. But maybe he um, can, he nice can send us see. a message after he listens to this episode. <laughs> um. So there you go. Any golf plan for the weekend? Uh, golf Saturday morning. Hopefully we get some nice weather. Um. Oh. Getting myself primed for the Lions links down Waterville. Um, there's only I think there's only one four ball left, and my dad has his eye on it. So, I well, um, I was talking to uh, Colum today. Said he got a text off you about your old man. He also said yeah. that about half of the participants in the Pink <laughs> Cup are due to this podcast, or else my relatives, my parents are going. There must be there must be someone out there listening to us then. Yeah. They, yes, they I often get asked the question. I often get asked the question, um, and um, and how many people do be listening to you there on the airwaves? And I'm like, oh, I have no idea. Ask Ben or whatever. But I'd imagine we'd fill a pub, wouldn't we? Oh God, yeah. Like if we took, we, I'm always on to you. We should take this show on the road, like you know. Uh, best advice I ever got Ben was right. If you're good at something, don't do it for free. I have heard that as well. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll charge a fiver into a pub. Yeah, that's we'll 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 brainstorm that down at the Kingdom Cup. I reckon throw a live poll up if there was a if there was a live podcast in a pub, would you attend and B would you go into the other room? <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I, that's all I have. Do you have anything else left to go? That's it. I'm uh I'm ready for a weekend of golf. Looking forward to it. Have a few uh, anecdotes yeah. for next week. Happy Valentine's to everyone out there listening. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy your golf. Um, 
send in all your questions if you have any and uh, send us in your swing video and we'll we'll rate it on TikTok. Yeah. Thanks folks. See you later.